Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. The number of bomb attacks in Mexico growing. Could those explosives be coming from the Middle East? And could they be U.S. bombs left behind in Afghanistan? Thank you for joining us. I'm Demi Virgen with Sinclair Broadcasting for another edition of Immigration Crisis, The Fight for the Southern Border. Right now, the the U.S.-Mexico border is open. It's not controlled by the U.S. and it's a war zone. The number of explosions just across the border from Texas have gone up, and the reports from Mexico are that those explosives may have come from as far away as the Middle East and are U.S. bombs left behind during the quick departure the U.S. made from Afghanistan. Joining us now is Ari Jimenez, who was the agent in charge of Homeland Security Investigations in South Texas, and he is now a consultant in the private sector. Ari, what is going on at the U.S.-Mexico border? Yes, Jamie, as we spoke before, in the last 18 months, we have seen an increase of explosions. Uh, Yes, explosions happened in Mexico um, by the cartels. Uh, since 2015, we've seen them, but it was more uh, more of the exception. Now, we have seen vehicle-borne IEDs. Uh, we have seen more uh, IEDs on the side of the road uh, intended for the Mexican Marines and other law enforcement officers. Um, the local uh, construction or manufacturing of, of IEDs or imp- improvised explosive devices um, is the type that we have seen in the Middle East. Uh, they have a pipe type with a round base and then the top, instead of say, the regular cap that we've seen in the past, it is more like conical, like a triangle with point. It's intended to make uh, you know maximum damage. Uh, in the past we saw Centex uh, uh, and some other type of commercial caps uh, to be utilized on IEDs and BVIDs. That is not the case now. We have seen a little more of sophisticated use of munitions. Um, also, that we have seen the weaponization of uh, UABs. Um, in the past, uh, the cartels were using a UABs to uh, patrol and surveillance most of the routes. Now we have seen uh, UABs uh, outfitted in a way that they can actually uh, release uh, some kind of munition. Uh, so there's been a, a big evolution in, in the use of explosive by the cartels in the last 18 months. Where do you think they're coming from? 
I did read some stuff that was saying that some of it may be coming from what we left behind in Afghanistan. So, as you know, when you talk about the withdrawal from Afghanistan, um, it depends who you talk to. The number of munitions, armaments, and equipment goes into the billions. If we utilize the U.S. Special Inspector General for the Reconstruction of Afghanistan, a U.S. government entity, um, they estimated that about $7 billion of new equipment uh, was left in Afghanistan in addition to the $18 billion of military equipment that we have provided the Afghan National Army. So even on the lowest, lowest spectrum, we're talking about easy $25 billion of military equipment. Uh, small arms, uh, M4s, uh, sniper rifles, uh, M249s, and uh, also we have seen some of the uh, ground-to-air uh, munitions, and those are the ones that uh, initially we saw them uh, crossing the borders of Pakistan and India, and we saw them in that uh, in that area of fighting. Then we saw them deploy in Yemen, and during the last year, we have seen an increase of military-grade U.S.-made equipment uh, have been smuggled into Mexico, coming most likely from what we left in Afghanistan. And those are the uh, type of equipment that we see the most being utilized now by the cartels that are fighting to control this multi-billion dollar industry. I think some people are going to be scratching their head going, how in the heck did Afghanis get into communication with cartels to sell? So we knew that ISIS uh, and the Taliban uh, utilize all the equipment that was left, um, you can look online, you can see the videos of the equipment leaving uh, Afghanistan, going towards Pakistan, India, uh, and going north also. Many of these uh, arm dealers are taking that equipment and smuggling, just like we see the smuggling of precursors for fentanyl from China. We have seen the smuggling of weapons in uh, merchandise in containers from China, uh, from some other parts of the, of the world to Mexico. And this is how they're bringing all this armament back to our backyard. I mean, crazy. How concerning is that for you when you're seeing these explosions and you know that more than likely the stuff came originally from the United States through way of Afghanistan? And it's not only um, when we're talking about the uh, armaments and the and explosives, it's also the tactics. Um, unfortunately, in the process of leaving Afghanistan, we also left a lot of people, individuals that we, the U.S., train, uh, former uh, Afghan National Army members. And those tactics are being utilized now, and we can see them being utilized, uh, ambush type, a special tactics type, being utilized in the cartels. You remember uh, some five, six years back, we'll see this uh, kind of monster trucks uh, that, that were being um, built. And probably you'll see uh, a machine gun on top. That's not the case now. Now you see the cartels very well organized, equipped, uh, new equipment, new small arms, US made small arms, and utilizing the tactics of crossfire, 
uh, observation and, and ambush. So uh, we've seen a proliferation not only of the, of the weapons, but also the tactics. Um, we all know for years that Hamas was helping cartels uh, in the tactics of developing tunnels in the southwest border. Uh, back in the day, nobody thought anything of it. Now, we have to look back and realize what else has been shared between these terrorist organizations and the Mexican cartels. I think some people are going to be sitting at their house going, how in the heck are you going to keep this from coming across? Unfortunately, we're sitting in a moment in time where we do have an open border. We have a mess in the border. 80% uh, of the Border Patrol agents are tasked with administrative jobs. So when we used to have 50 Border Patrol agents in an area holding the line, now you don't have 50. Now you may have 10. And 40 are back in the office working administrative jobs. The other problem that we see with this, lately um, you can find uh, the Department of Public Safety, the Texas Department of Public Safety, posted a video of cartel members, not only armed crossing the border protecting drugs and, and, and illegals, you can see on the video where they actually throw explosives towards the U.S. So we have to realize that we're about to have a war crossing our border. We all talk about the last 10 years about the war with the cartels and Mexico and how many people die every year in that war. And many times, every politician from Washington will tell you, oh, the border is secure. And what is it gonna take? Is it gonna take for them to finally cross over and continue killing people and use explosives in this side of the border? That's the question. But we do know that the Biden administration and the Mallorca administration is tying, have tied the hands of Customs and Border Protection to protect the border and of Homeland Security Investigations and ICE, Immigration and Customs Enforcement, to remove those uh, danger, uh, those individuals illegal in the country who are a danger to the community. How tied are the hands of your former agency right now because watching this, this is like my neighbor next door, the backyard next door, they're blowing up stuff in the backyard. So I would pick up the phone and call you know, the police and say, come help me. Yeah. So your former department, what, how tied are their hands from truly being able to protect us from keeping those bombs and all the stuff that they're using now from crossing over into the US? So one of the things that in the past we used to do is uh, conduct cr complex criminal investigations in the cartels, in their networks, money networks, drugs, weapons. And the money is important because it funds their illegal activities. Right now, those investigations are not being developed and not being allowed because every effort of the administration, including the ones of the special agents, is towards backfield people at the border so they can process people coming in and administrative jobs. There's not such a thing as uh, a the willingness. There's no will to actually protect our border. It's, it's not only boots on the ground. 
which we already talked about Border Patrol not being able to patrol their areas, or Customs and Border Protection being overwhelmed with administrative job that they cannot inspect all the cargo coming in and understanding what is being commingled, health and safety. That's, this is the reason why we have so much fentanyl coming to the country. It's, it's a free-for-all. What else is going to come to the country? We talked recently about 169 individuals that were already identified in the FBI terrorist watch list. 169. Four years ago, there was only nine. So why are we waiting to make a stand and say, enough, we need to protect our border? We are all for legal immigration. And we have talked many times about 95% of the individuals coming to the country want the American dream. But that 5%, they're not necessarily wants the best for us. And those are the ones that keep me awake at night. Thank you so much for being with us for this edition of Immigration Crisis, The Fight for the southern border. In San Antonio, Texas, I'm Jamie Virgen. Until next time.